Yasas. Welcome to Greek Like Me, the podcast about all things Greek for Greeks, Hellenophiles, and anybody who's interested in learning about Greek culture. I'm your host, Pamela Deodes Wood. Email us at stealthgreek at gmail.com to share comments, questions, and stories about Greek, Greekness, or your own ethnic background. For the past month and a half, I've really enjoyed working on the podcast. We're sharing Greek life and culture and learning a lot in the process. We have dozens of ideas for episodes and many in the works. But starting a couple of weeks ago, something was just off. Research, which I love, became a struggle. I was extra tired, exhausted even, irritable, distracted. I started falling behind on my work. Not good when you're supposed to be getting an episode out weekly. What the heck? It was my daughter who nailed it. Ma, she said, you know what day is coming? Yeah, my next deadline. She said, yeah, yeah, March 13th, her grandmother. She was right. It was March. My mother passed away 10 years ago. 10 years. And every year, starting a couple of weeks before that day, I struggle to function normally. I'm busy living life, multitasking, but the inner recesses know that date is connected to loss and pain. You can try to push that stuff away, but it doesn't actually go anywhere unless you're willing to name it and find a way to deal. I'll never forget the woman who lived next door when we first moved into our house. She was my age, early 30s. She came from a large family and she just lost her dad. She was devastated and talked about him every time I stopped by for coffee. One day in tears, she thanked me because I was the only person she could talk to about her dad. Everybody else changed the subject or told her it was time to let go. I felt grateful then for my Greek culture that encouraged me to think differently about the dead and allowed me to show my friend the sympathy and understanding she needed. One of the perks of being Greek is I know I can mourn my mother publicly without anybody telling me to get over it. It's actually a religion-based custom to arrange a memorial every year if I want or not. I might get looked at sideways if I never did one. It's respectful to remember your lost loved one. It's church tradition to pray for their rest. Maybe there are some American-born Greeks who don't do the memorials anymore. I don't think there are actual strikes against you, except maybe on the yaya meter. It's easy to let traditions slip or consider them old-fashioned, especially if you don't really understand the point. Like, why do we do this? A Dictionary of Greek Orthodoxy compiled by Reverend Nikon di Patranakos says, Above all, praying for the dead is deeply rooted practice in the Church on the belief that the Church of Christ is constituted not only of her living members, but also of her departed ones. So, my papu and yaya, my uncles and aunts and godfather and my mother, are still a part of our community, still a part of our lives. I, I love that. They were all such a big presence in my life. The things they said or did still have an effect on me. They still guide me. This dictionary would have come in handy every time Dad complained about the many memorials we held for our Greek family. And it helps explain to my non-Greek friends why we're having yet another memorial for my mother. Orthodox funerals are for the Orthodox, but in many American Orthodox churches we also memorialize the non-Orthodox. Our churches have held memorials for the victims of 9-11, the war dead, 
victims of mass shootings, natural disasters, those lost to the pandemic, and military veterans, and my dad. It's showing respect and love for the dead and for their families, the way we know how to do it. We arrange memorials because the ritual is comforting, and those anniversaries always hit hard. Also, my mother loved being the center of attention, so win-win. In Orthodoxy, it's especially important to have a memorial 40 days after the funeral. In the old days, they were also held on the third and ninth day after the funeral, which sounds exhausting. I guess when every village had a church and life centered around it, that's what you did. After my mother's funeral, all I wanted to do was sleep for a week, so I think not for me. 40 days is a big deal because as Orthodox Christians, we're taught the soul lingers earthbound for 40 days, giving us extra time to pray for the soul before it departs for regions unknown. And really, don't some of us need every endorsement we can get? Yeah, I mean you, Uncle Jimmy. For those 40 days after Ma died, my sister and I were tempted to keep looking over our shoulders, like if she disapproved of any of the arrangements, was a bookshelf going to come down? But souls aren't the same as ghosts, so silly us. But if my mother did choose to communicate with us, furniture would probably fly, and do something with your hair would be written on my bedroom mirror and lipstick. One year and three year memorials are typical, and seven and ten. I can hear my Anglo dad's voice complaining, why can't Greeks just bury their dead and be done with it? Dad, are we really ever done with those we've lost or not? As Greeks, we have an entire community standing there with us as we remember them. And it's worth it just to see my sister make an appearance in church. Now I really wish I told her she had to wear a skirt, maybe a scarf. The, the whole procedure starts when the name of the memorialized, in this case my mom, is printed in the church bulletin. So everyone knows it's time to pray for her, even the people who don't come to church because it's online now. No escape. But I'm glad. This way, if someone I know has had a memorial and I've missed it, I can give them my sympathies and best wishes next time I see them. And I was able to forward the copy of the bulletin to my brother on the other side of the country so he could see it in print that we were honoring our parents and his wife that day. There's more involved than just praying. Someone from the church will make loaves of prosphoro in honor of the memorialized. This bread is blessed behind the altar, and the priest prepares it, adding some to the wine in the communion cup. The rest is divided for those who are receiving and later is shared with each parishioner as they're leaving the church. Everyone gets a piece of the bread made and blessed in my mother's name. A platter of koliva, bearing her initials, is also prepared and laid out on a table to the side of the entrance to the altar, like the one I mentioned in Greek Lent 101 when we prayed for the collective dead on All Souls Day. Koliva is a boiled wheat dish, specifically boiled wheat berries. Wheat symbolizes everlasting life. Raisins, pomegranates, seeds, almonds, Jordan almonds, sesame seeds, and spices represent plenty and the sweetness of life. After everything is mixed together, the koliva is placed on a platter or in a bowl. It might be topped with powdered sugar and almonds in the shape of the cross and the memorialized person's initials, or the initials may be in silver cardboard. That's more modern. Often the koliva is made by the family of the memorialized, but just as often these days it's made by someone in the church. In our case, the Ladies Philoptical Society, because I never learned how to make that stuff. 
There are photos on the sources page on our website, StealthCreek.com, of the Koliva prepared by parishioners for the three All Souls Day services during Lent. They don't have initials on them, but those platters of Koliva are meant to honor everyone who's passed. The custom of eating the Koliva in memory of the dead goes back at least to the 4th century. The church references the Gospels, John chapter 12, verse 24. Unless a wheat grain falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. It symbolizes everlasting life, resurrection, the circle of life. Now the koliva is on the table near the entrance to the altar. The candles on the table are lit. The koliva is infused with incense as the priest swings the censer over it and prays for my mother and my father, 18 years gone, and my sister-in-law, three years gone. The koliva will actually hold the aroma of the incense, representing the prayers invoked for the dead. As the priest prays, the smoke of the incense carries those prayers to the koliva, to the congregation, and to God. The families of the memorialized are sensed, and the congregation. The choir and the chanters sing about giving my mother rest and placing her in the choir of saints. They sing about the forgiveness of her sins, voluntary and involuntary. Then everyone sings Memory Eternal three times. In our church, we sing it twice in Greek, once in English. The memorial is at the end of the liturgy. After we leave the front pew set aside for those attending memorials and collect our piece of the blessed bread from the priest, well-wishers reach out, wave, hug, wish my mother's memory eternal. This is so comforting. And to Greeks, even non-religious or non-practicing Orthodox, it's normal and it's natural to remember their families this way. After the service, the koliva is taken out. All of it is mixed together, and some is put aside for each family of the memorialized. The rest is divided into little paper bags and shared with the congregation, which is another way of participating in the family's remembrance of their loved one. I got to admit, as little kids, we get all excited when we saw those paper bags and trays in the narthex of the church, ready to be passed out as we left. We weren't connecting the sweet-tasting wheat berries with anyone's loss. We'd just say, yay! while the parish council members manning the entry of the church gave us disapproving looks, and Ma reached into her purse looking for a weapon. My son often serves in the altar and always puts aside a bag for me after memorials, not just because I love the taste of Koliva, but because he knows how I feel about the collective support system that is our Greek culture and our church. It's important to share in the process. Tradition says after church we head to the grave. I admit we didn't do that after the one-year memorial. I just couldn't. My bad. But we all went this year. The Greek Orthodox will say a prayer and scatter some of the blessed koliva over the grave. As I mentioned in the Greek Lent episode, Ma chose a penthouse crypt over the traditional in-ground burial, like her parents and brother. So we scattered koliva on the ground next to the wall. Memory eternal, everybody.
In the past, after the memorial service or nimosino, and after the graveside visitation, everyone joined in the traditional makaria, a meal in memory of. When I was a kid, a makaria was held in the home of the family. And yes, I'm showing my age here. People would pack into the house while the women of the family ran in and out of the kitchen bringing out the food. And if the priest wasn't there to do the honors, someone else said the blessing. The traditional makaria foods were fish, greens, Greek salad, rice, cheese, sometimes spanakopita. For dessert, baksamavia, which is kind of a Greek biscotti. Fruit and mataksa, a Greek brandy. Our yaya always brought Stelladora anisette toast, which she hauled out of her suitcase-sized purse and slapped on the table next to the homemade baksamavia. I don't know. That was yaya. Every makaria I've been to for years has been in a restaurant. Makarias at home were so cozy, so personal, especially with family photos and mementos around. And I'm all for tradition, but who really wants to do all that cooking and later the cleanup on the day you're remembering you're dead? Now it's easy to run a sideshow on the wall of the restaurant dining room and still enjoy the family photos. The traditional makaria still follows the funeral, and as in the past, pretty much anybody who wants to shows up. We had an old guy in our church who didn't seem to have any family, but he always got a ride to church and he came to every memorial meal. But that's totally appropriate. The family's sharing with anyone who wants in. These days at our church, many of the families of the memorialized pitch in to pay for coffee hour after church. Tables are reserved for them so people can stop by and give their regards. And Greek coffee hour doesn't mean coffee and a couple of plates of cookies. There's often dolmada, spanakopita, olives, Greek cheeses, pita, pastries, etc. After this, close family and friends head to a restaurant for the makaria. For Ma's makaria, we went to Stamna and Bloomfield, the favored restaurant of local Greeks, for good reason. And we ate some of the traditional foods and some not so traditional, and we told stories and we laughed. With the picture of my mother and father sitting on the table as we ate. The pain and the grief I'd felt building up for weeks had been eased by the ritual, the smell of the incense, the sound of the prayers and the hymns, the photo of our parents as teenagers placed next to their plate of koliva, which made my sister and I laugh every time we looked at it during the service in between the tears. I'd picked the photo out and I'd meant well, but in hindsight, Ma would have clobbered me for exposing her extreme curly hair to the public and glasses. When my daughter asked me at the restaurant why I hadn't brought their beautiful wedding picture, where Ma looked like a princess, all I could do was laugh. I guess I've always been fond of the other photo, two 17-year-olds, dad in his sailor uniform, Ma looking like a regular kid. So we laughed some more and ate and felt a bit at peace again. No matter how long she's gone, I'll always miss my eccentric mother. But I know whenever that anniversary swings around, along with the anniversary of the passing of my dad, who's equally missed, I can remember her along with a room full of people who understand. Memory eternal for all the loved ones lost. May they find peace. May you find comfort. Eonia in Nimima. Memory eternal. Thanks for listening.
clips of the Orthodox memorial hymns Metaton Aion and Aonia Mnimi are courtesy of Hellenic College Holy Cross Greek Orthodox School of Theology in Brookline, Massachusetts. Thank you so much. You can find more videos of Greek Orthodox services as well as educational videos on their YouTube channel, HCHC Media. We have links below and on our website. Greek Like Me is a Stealth Greek production. This episode was written and narrated by me, your host, Pamela Deodes Wood. Our producer, photographer, and post-production editor is Douglas John. Visit our website, stealthgreek.com, for resources, photos, links, and more. You can contact us at our email, stealthgreek at gmail.com. Please rate, like, and subscribe. It helps us get noticed so we can keep making content about Greeks and Greek culture. Until next time. Yes, us. Yes.